Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. Thank you for joining us today. One thing that we know is we can't have sales without marketing. Can't have marketing without sales. It's a battle as old as time. So I wanted to bring in an expert to talk about marketing today. I've got the CEO for Buzzworks, a company that builds sticky, super sweet websites and digital marketing solutions. She's also a training director at Success Champions Networking. That's the local chapter I've been telling you guys about that I launched here in San Antonio. And she's the one that actually helped me get all trained up. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on today, Doug. Great to be here. Awesome. So you recently posted about storytelling testimonials, citing that 92% of people read online reviews before getting involved with the company. There's a couple other stats behind that as well, but I think we all understand that everybody does their research before making that purchasing decision or on the way to the purchasing decision, they're seeing some reviews through the marketing. How do you recommend we even begin to create a storytelling testimonial? Well, um, it all comes back to people make emotional decisions. Um, they don't make these rational decisions at first. I mean, think about it when you walk into a store and you see a new product. Um, your opinion is based off of past and previous experiences of how do you feel about this? What attracts you to it? What about it are you feeling? And from those feelings, you're going to make a decision of whether you want to move forward and purchase that product or say, no, this isn't for me. And it's usually influenced by a past previous experience. So if we take that idea um, and we put it into our own sales process, it just makes us a stronger candidate because people identify with stories. Stories have been around forever. Um, we're always looking to hear a story and we're always looking to also share a story. So it's how we connect in the world and it's essential whether it is in your marketing or within your sales process. And by collecting these stories, you're actually empowering your sales team to be able to go out there and relate more to their clients and prospects that they're going after. I love that. And it brings up a really good point that one of the things that I work on with my clients is, you know, having those five to 10 stories that are kind of templated for their sales team. And, and they're very simple. They have a start, uh, uh, a middle and an end. And basically they, they walk through the different experiences that you might have with the company. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you've got this database templated, or I, I should say templated, uh, documented and ready to go. Should, should it apply? You know, cause a lot of customers go through the same experience. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like, uh, calling it a database. I call it a I like to call it a library, a library of stories that you can just go in and pull off the shelf and say, hey, we've already done this. This is the story. Let's go mm -hmm. do it again. Um, let's help you. So. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So 
when when you look at the the comp, I mean, some of these are really good, and you see it from you know Fortune 500 companies, and they got good lighting, they're well put together, they're in a studio, you know, and it's almost as if the person is a paid professional actor. They sound good, they sound convicted. You know what I mean? Like, how do we as small business owners create that kind of same experience and put the customer into that mindset where they're almost experience it with the testimonial while they're going through that story? It's all about the questions you ask them. Um, and okay. so within our agency, we use a framework um, of five questions to pull this story out. Because if you just go to a client and say, hey, give me a testimonial, all they're going to say is, hey, great job. You did awesome. They helped us. Um, yeah. So it's really prompting them and saying, and it can be just as casual as getting on a Zoom. It doesn't have to be perfect lighting. It doesn't have to um, be the Instagram story that everyone's looking for. It can just be something like this where we're, we're casually on video and we're talking. And usually it for a small business, this casual atmosphere is going to make it more comfortable for the client to kind of share their stories. Um, so once we invite them in, um, what we want to do is use this five question framework that is actually based on the hero's journey. So the hero's journey, you um, go through who they are, what their problem was, how do you solve it? So you have this high, low, high to create this climatic journey that people are engaged in and want to be a part of. Um, so you want me to break down these five questions right now or? Yeah, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Okay, so your first question that you want to ask is, what's your name? Um, who are you? Who are they in relation to what they, what you help them with? Because a person is many things. Um, but when you take that person and identify and make in a relationship between you and your business, now they're more identifiable. Um, a person outside of their business, they could be a mom, they could be a board member, but who are they in respect to your business? Um, and really solidify that story so people can be like, hey, I'm that person too. Um, if this person worked with them, then I can work with them too. And they know exactly how to work with them. Um, your next one is what was your big, biggest skepticism? So we established who they are and people don't like to ask this question because it's the objection to um, why they were hesitant to sign the deal. Um, everyone has objections to the sales process. It's just knowing the answers. But the greatest thing about this question is it leads into the third question is now that you've had a chance to experience us, how do you feel now? So now you've collected their objection and you're collecting their answer. I mean, so not only have we created a testimonial, but we've created a library of objections and answers to these questions that you can help hand to your sales teams and be like, here, this is what they're going to ask. And this is the answer straight from a client's mouth. And now you're actually using the words of a client and not um something that they're saying you're actually saying 
hey, this client had this problem and this is what they said. And not, this is now how they feel. You're now using that story con to connect. Once you have their, um, how they feel, now we want to get very highly specific. And we're going to ask them, what's the biggest impact we have had on your business, on your home, on your life, whatever you're affecting, whatever you're affecting in your business. We want them, we want to know specifically how it affected them. We want to know this because we've gone very broad so far. Um, we've dived into who they are, how they were feeling, and now we're getting very narrow in and specific on who, on what we solved for them. Not only this is now we're collecting keywords. And once again, we're collecting their language that we can use and remarket on our websites. We can use it on our social media. We can use it with our sales teams and we can use this language. Um, if you look at SEO, people are now more than ever, they're speaking into their phones for Google searches. They're not typing. They're saying, hey, I need help finding a roofer. Find me a roofer in San Antonio. Um, so when they do that, they're speaking it. And now through these testimonials, you're collecting how exactly your client speaks and integrating it into your marketing plan. Once we get their specific nugget, we're going to follow it up with how will this impact you in 12 months down the road? How will it affect you? And how are we going to help you down the road? So now have you not just only put yourself in the present with your client, you've now had them take you into the future of the life with them. Um, and how powerful is that? You're kind of prompting them for a sale after you've completed. You're saying, hey, we're still here 12 months later. And this is how we're going to help you. Um, so it's not only just for them to say, hey, this is going to impact us. You're getting them to vocalize that they're committed to you. So there's one question that I, it, it's a bonus question. And it's, is there, if there's anything you could say from the heart, what would it be? And this question really gets them talking. You've already asked them five questions, and this is a story long session. This lets them open up. And this is kind of like, hey, give me a testimonial now. But since they've been asked these five different questions, and now they're in that mindset to turn on and speak about what they did, now they're ready to answer this question heartfeltly and very meaningfully. Um, so you're not just getting this, yeah, they did a great job. You're actually getting meaningful words. So those are the six questions we like to take through our clients. Um, when we onboard them, we say, hey, here's the framework, go start collecting um, these testimonials. You can record them, you can get them verbally, you can get them written, whatever works for your clients, but let's just start working on them. Um, if your clients don't have time, to go through all these questions, the most important question out of this is what was your biggest takeaway?
because that's where the gold is. And that makes them cue on one specific thing that you help them with. I love it. Um, you know, I was introduced to the hero's journey a while back. And, um, you know, in my mind, it was always the company is the hero, you know, mm -hmm. and, and what I was introduced to was it was actually the customer is the hero. And, you know, what I love about the first question, you know, which is who are they in relation to your business? It immediately, like you said, it puts everybody that's listening into their shoes because they're mm -hmm. listening for a reason. They've been following you for a reason, or they're searching you for a reason. And, you know, so let's just say it's a lawn care company, you know, I'm, I'm that home, I'm that homeowner that doesn't have time to mow the yard, you know, <laughs> it's like, boom, right there. There's my avatar. There's the connection. Now I'm listening. Cause I am to that homeowner that doesn't want to mow the yard or doesn't have time to, you know, whatever the case is. And so as you walk through this journey, like you said, you take them through this, you know, this up and down, but at the end, there's this arc. And what I love about the last question, adding one more piece of advice or one more anecdote or what's your biggest takeaway is by now they're loosened up and they're deep into the conversation, you know? And so if all you did was record that last question, you probably get everything you needed, yeah. you know? Um, and then I, what I like about it too, is maybe this is, I don't know what you're used to, but I would imagine this is, this ends up being about maybe five to seven minutes of content. And so you can take, a small piece and use that in another, you know, a uh, piece of content, or you can take the whole thing and create uh, a reel from it. Or, I mean, there's just so many ways you can chop this up and use it for your business. You know, yeah. you, yes. you find it difficult to find uh, willing participants in terms of their customers. It's more of a mindset of the client than the customers. Mm -hmm. Cause they go, Oh, I really don't think they have the time to do this. I really don't think they want to do this. I'm like, okay, just go ask. Um, Cause all they can say is no, but once they do it, I mean, this is my favorite part of building websites because I get to see the good that my clients do out in the world. And it's not them saying, Hey, I'm awesome. I'm great. It's their client mm -hmm. saying, yes, they are awesome. They are great. Um, and usually one thing you said earlier was that the customer is the hero. And that is so true. Um, a lot of times we think, hey, our business is out there. We're doing great. We're the heroes. No, it's the yeah. customers. Because if you don't have the customers, you don't have a business. So truly, your customers are the heroes. Um, and they want to be that hero. So allowing them and giving them the space to verbally vocalize what it is that you did for them makes that connection so much stronger. Um, but if you don't step out there and say, hey, can we sit down and talk about our our journey through uh, working with you guys, they're off doing a bunch of different other things. They're not gonna take the time and remember that, hey, I need to do this story. You have to be proactive in asking them. Um, so to get someone to take action, you have to give them the ability. You have to be able to prompt them and you have to have motivation behind it. Motivation is easy. You just completed the project. Ability, are you giving them a platform to speak? Are you showcasing them? They Clients love to be showcased. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. email, we're in a social media world. 
any publicity is good publicity. So are you giving them the platform? And then are you giving them ability? This framework, this is the last piece to it. You're giving them the ability to speak their story. So if you have those things, three things in there, it's a lot easier to go ask, hey, can we record this story? Because now they have their motivation, they have their ability, and they have their prompt. What are some of your favorite ways to use this testimony outside of just general marketing and, you know, the social media and everything? I know that, for instance, you know, I, you know, we do a lot of recruiting for our clients, you know, in terms of sales teams. And so one of the things we do is follow up campaigns with the recruits where we, we show them testimonials of the salespeople that have came into the company, made a bunch of money, gotten promoted and done really well, you know? And mm -hmm. so it, you know, they kind of walk through and, and it is, it's that interview style. It's that hero's journey, like you talked about. And so we conclude that in the follow-up campaign, what are some other ways that you like to use these testimonials in, in the sales process specifically? In the sales process, um, specifically, I like adding them into proposals. So you take a small snippet and um, if you're, proposal is designed the right way, you can slide that testimonial in. Mm -hmm. And it's just that social little bit of social proofing that they need to know, oh, this person has their shit together kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, other ways is, I mean, selling through stories is just so much easier. Um, if you have a CPA or a bookkeeper, and you've already been through a CPA, you're able to say, hey, this is what they we did and how we've moved them forward. And now we start with the story and then we provide results. So we brought, provide the data that it actually did. And then we move them back into an emotional attachment. And that makes us close the deal so much faster. I couldn't agree more. You know, when we talk about marketing in general, Obviously, being a marketing company, you've probably marketed your company in some special ways. But I know a lot of small businesses, you know, their first thought is, oh, I need to run an ad or I need to um, get leads or whatever the case is. And it's very like they look at their customer, their potential prospects as transactional, you know. Uh, but obviously, being the training director for Success Champions, you've tapped into a different kind of marketing, you know, in, in, in networking. So how would you recommend that some of our listeners build their business community like you have? Um, it all starts with a vision, I would say. Mm -hmm. Because if you building a community um, is all about bringing people together um, and having a common goal, having a common mission to complete something. Um, one of the things I found, and it's not necessary complete, the work is never done. Um, and finding the people that will run with you, even when you go crazy, um, and they got your back. But then letting that community expand beyond. Um, I'm going to jump over to success champions for a little bit. So okay. with success champions, we have the rule of one, five, 10. One is okay. you. 
One is the president. Five is your next four core people. So it's one plus four. So you have your next four core people that believe in what you're doing. Um, and then beyond that, we use that five people to bring in their next network of levels. Um, and when you start working the market together, you start seeing opportunities to go in together into these sales things and like, hey, you're in this role, I'm in this role, let's attack these together. And it brings more opportunity into your business. And because of the relations you built, you've already once again social proofed that you're a trusted uh, and liked company um, that pushes you that much farther further. So what you're talking about is, you know, obviously the the foundation of success champions and when you start a chapter, you know, but this can be done in in any market, in any capacity, you know, obviously having a playbook for it makes it so much easier. I can, I can, you know, speak to that. It's been, uh, extremely, um, extremely easy to build the network that we've built so far and our event went great and stuff, um, which is, has been awesome. But this, this, this whole concept of kind of looking outside the, the immediate gratification of reaching out to someone and getting the sale, this idea of building relationships instead of, uh, building pipelines, I guess you could say. I, I don't think it's talked about enough, even though it's as old as time, even though, mm -hmm. you know, everybody knows what BNI is and everybody understands these things. I think we're getting into, you know, the AI world, the social media world, the lead gen world. And it's, and it's constantly all about, all right, I start this campaign or I start this automation or I create this easy way to get new clients in. And I scaled that and that's all I do. And I never have to build relationships or interact with humans or you know I'm saying like this. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the world is, is trying to head down that path, but I think the ones that are continuing to build those relationships, um, are set themselves apart. Yeah. It's like, you have to have a mis mixture of both. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to have your lead generation aspects, but normally what I tell people, if you're going to go into the paid atmosphere, have something proven, start writing blogs, see what blogs get that traction and then turn that into some sort of paid resource for um, as a lead magnet generation. They're both building relationships at, in different ways. One is more relational in networking and humans and being face forward, which honestly to me, with everything coming out of COVID, that's kind of where everything is at. You, you'll see marketing and sales trends um, transition over time. During COVID, we were in a heavy lead generation time and automation because everyone was like, how, that, how do I connect with people? Um, and then everyone got tired of screens. So now it's a little bit back to being relationship, uh, relationship driven. Mm -hmm. But if you can keep a balance of both going, then that's where the magic happens. That's where everything comes together because now you have the relationship side to back the lead generation side. And then you have the lead generation side to 
uh, to support the relationship side, which often takes a little bit longer. Yeah, it, it definitely does. It, and it's, uh, you know, some people have, you know, some people are introverted and, you know, I, I kind of got humbled the other day because uh, I'm, I'm part of these masterminds and I'm part of success champions now. And uh, I think I'm this great networker, you know what I mean? And can work any room and all these things. And, you know, the first place I got humbled was at Success Champions, the event where Donnie told us how to network a room. And I'm like, I'm doing this all wrong. You know what I'm saying? First <laughs> off. But then but then second, so we built out our board and everything. And then we got our first few members in. And one of them was um, Mark Kruckus. And uh, he's got a VA agency and a podcast. And he did this mixer the other day. And uh, so I went to the mixer and I'm like, I'm going to meet everybody. You know what I mean? I'm going to have a good time. You know, I'm going to be memorable, all those things. And I completely forgot my training. I completely like, I went back to the introvert that I used to be like 10 years ago. And I realized it was because I didn't know anybody in the room and it wasn't my event. And I wasn't familiar with the organization that was putting it on. So I had no familiarity other than a few members of my board and a few members of my networking group were there, but you know, that only goes so far, you know, cause you're not mm -hmm. supposed to be hanging out and talking with them. You're supposed to be hanging out and talking with everybody else. And I, and I got home and I was talking to my wife about it and I was like, man, for, you know, being in business for 15 years and, um, you know, supposedly being this good salesperson and networker and everything, I really like tightened up at that event big time. And then it, then it's a couple weeks later and I put, I put the success champions one on our happy hour on and I'm an, I'm an all-star again. You know what I mean? And I was like, it's the control thing. I had control of one and not control of the other. So, so how do you recommend people that are, you know, naturally introverts? How do you recommend they handle networking events or, I mean, not to sound crass about it, but like attack networking events. Okay. So I'm kind of an introvert too. Um, <laughs> It is all about control because I'll go out to our networking happy hour um, and it's easier because everybody knows you because mm -hmm. you're the person. And so people yeah. will come up and introduce you to people um, and they know that it's my job to hop around and meet everyone. So they're making sure I'm meeting everyone in the room. When you're not in control of the room, when you're not known in the room now you have to do the hard part which is caught is like i don't want to say social anxiety but it's mm -hmm. like oh i have to step out of my comfort zone and go talk to these people um one thing i found is go by yourself um don't have your anchors in your room because then it forces you to go talk to people by yourself i love having my anchors in our in my room but I do find that I will sit and talk to them because I'm a little bit more than go meet other people. So I try to go attend networking meetings by myself. Now there's others where we actually plan and we go as a group um, and we're strategically meeting everyone in the group. We don't stay huddled. We walk around and if someone says, hey, I need to meet a business attorney and I'm going to bring them over and introduce them to Marshall Jack Beanie. I'm going to drop them off and I'm going back out. They didn't have, they didn't need my services. So mm -hmm. dropping and going. 
Um, so it's all about moving the room around and passing people around because it's in a networking situation, not everyone in the room wants to buy what you have. Not everyone right. in the room needs a website, but if you can help them to get what they need, then they remember you for that. So when I go into a room that I'm unfamiliar with, it's a mission for me. My goal is to connect people with people they need to be connected to. And I also have a goal of booking two virtual coffees or two um, in-person coffees to get to know two people better that may be a referral partner, but not a client. Gotcha. So how are you facilitating that at the event? Is that something that you're like, okay, I need to book, you have a business card, I need to book a virtual coffee with this person? Or are you literally booking it right then and there at the event? I'm literally booking it right. I will pull out my phone and said, this is my calendar. I have this time open. Can you meet me at this time? Um, wow. And I will book it in. Um, because if I don't do it, I've been drinking and I will forget in the morning. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely happens. Okay. So, all right. So when we look at, you know, our lead sources, uh, networking obviously is its own bucket or building those relationships or in, in our case, running a local chapter mm -hmm. and, um, should we be breaking it down to okay i'm getting this many leads from this source and you know we don't we don't spend a whole lot on it we spend a lot of time right and so looking at a like like a cost per lead and and getting analytical with it that way or do you think you should you know like any relationship just give and not expect anything in return and you'll be a lot happier when you do get the business or what are your thoughts there i love uh success champions uh, methodology on this, that it's a give, 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 take, give sort of relationship. Mm -hmm. So you will be giving, but you do have to remember to take. Oftentimes I'll get on calls and virtual calls um, and I'll just be giving because I'm a giving person. And I'll be like, mm -hmm. intro here, intro here. This is who you need to go talk to. And we get to the end of the 30 minutes. I'm like, crap, I forgot to do my take. Um, so it's remembering because the person on the other side also isn't trained to say, hey, this is what you need. This is how I can mm -hmm. help you. They will often forget to say, hey, how can I help you? So right. I do it as permission based and say, hey, I've gone through this. Now, can I tell you who I need to meet to help me? And they go, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll make those intros and sure enough, I get the intro. So it's making sure that you do ask um, within your virtual coffees, within your in-person coffees, however you're connecting, make sure you have that ask and make sure it's specific and not ambiguous. Because if you say, hey, I need to meet a small business owner. Well, all of us are small business owners. Be more specific. Hey, I need to meet a CPA. Hey, I need to meet a uh, roofer in commercial um, and you can get very nit gritty and have your prospects like and be like, Hey, do you know X and X inside of this company or know someone that knows this person? Mm -hmm. um, the more specific you can get, the more they will remember. And it kind of goes back to our uh, uh, testimonial framework. 
we get very specific with who they are so they can resonate with it. Get very specific with who you need to meet so they can make those associations and make those relationships happen for you. It makes a ton of sense. And what I love about it too, is you're not necessarily asking for, you know, this person in the virtual coffee to give you prospects. You're asking them like, Hey, who can you connect me with that is able to give me prospects? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that was one of the biggest pivot points when I joined success champions was like, Hey, I hate asking for referrals because you know, I, one of my first groups that I was ever in when I was in sales was BNI. And it was, it was exhausting going from person to person and basically, Hey, do you need insurance? Hey, do you need a realtor? Hey, do you, you know, these very common sales positions. And it was like, man, I only can buy so many houses. I can only have so much health insurance or life insurance. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I can't give you business back. And, um, but if they had asked like, Hey, do you know, uh, somebody that does estate planning? And um, that would be a good connection for me to be able to get referrals from them once I earn their trust. You know, that would be a totally different conversation, you know, or somebody that, like you said, a CPA or a lawyer or, or somebody that relates heavily to their to their industry. And then uh, I think another pivot point was when you you showed us kind of the triangle, you know, method of, OK, you have your your vice president that you bring on and they're in marketing. And so they want to be connected to. Uh, somebody that uh, and maybe a, a lawyer that does new business LLCs or something like that, then they want to be connected to somebody that does taxes. And you create this like almost this, you know, referral circle where y'all are able to pass business to each other. You know, at the same time, you're also connecting each other with other referral sources. So it just it uh, multiplies after a while. So I have a selfish question. Um okay. So one of the one of the things that I have a hard time with is, you know, when I am at an event where people don't know me because I'm used to masterminds where I'm known in the group, you know, so it's like, oh, Doug, he builds sales teams. That's easy, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it, especially at a local that, that's what I found locally. It's very hard for me to explain what I do because people. I guess, you know, maybe it's in San Antonio or just at the groups that I'm in that avatar doesn't spend money on consultants. Or doesn't spend doesn't have large budgets for these types of things. So how would you recommend that I introduce myself so that one, they know what I do, but two, it kind of opens them up to the idea of, hey, when I get to a certain level, you know, Doug's the guy that I'm gonna need, you know, once I get to that place. Um, I would start with the benefit of how okay. you help. Um instead of because i would assume you go in and say i'm a sales trainer like i don't need help from a sales trainer i know how to sell um so it goes back to sharing your story versus what you do um and emphasizing how you've helped other clients Mm -hmm. um but also realizing that at that moment, they're probably not going to sell. So how can I help them other ways in that room so that they remember me? Um, Mm -hmm. Because if you give them one good direction, they're going to come back to you and be like, okay, I have this problem. How can you help me in this problem? And they're eventually going to get to their sales problem um, Mm -hmm. where 
they don't know how to get one of their um, reps to go do a cold call. Yeah. And they're going to be calling you and being like, okay, I have this rep. You said you were good at this. How do I get them to cold call? Kind of thing. That makes a ton of sense. You know, and I guess I do that on virtual coffees very well because of the, again, the introvert, extrovert. Uh, on a Zoom call, I'm very comfortable. On a podcast, I'm very comfortable, you know, but then you go in and in a person all of a sudden, you know, Doug Mitchell, the lively guy on the success champions call, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, all of a sudden he doesn't know how to talk, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so one of the things I do say though, is I'm a sales program builder and that usually piques their interest and they say, what mm -hmm. is that? You know? Um, but I like the idea of one telling the story of how I even got into this. And, and I did tell it one time that night that I was talking about where I was at that uh, networking event where I was uncomfortable. And that's the only person I still have a connection with today. You know, so mm -hmm. that just emphasizes what you're saying. It's like, if you tell that kind of that orange origin story, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah. And, and so, you have to, you have ahead. to read the room. Um, sometimes it's not a connection mm -hmm. with what you do, but who you are. Yeah. Um, so it can be a personal connection too. It can be based on family. Um, we have Chad King in our group. Everyone knows he does whiskey and barbecue. Mm -hmm. So anyone I know that is really into whiskey and barbecue, he's going to get an intro to, and he's just going to nurture that relationship until it starts to turn business. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's not about starting with business. It's starting with something that will resonate with the conversation that you're in. I love that because that's how you that's how you approach cold sales or mm -hmm. cold calls. One of the first things you're supposed to do is build rapport. And mm -hmm. one of the easiest ways to build rapport is to talk about family, occupation, recreation, or materials. You know, mm -hmm. materials hopefully you can see in person and, and you're there. Recreation, it's usually in a context of, oh yeah, we went to the lake last weekend, we took the boat out, oh you have a boat, and so on and so forth. Occupation. That's an easy one, especially if they're in a nine to five and they they're corporate, you know, so you get to talk mm -hmm. about like the corporate lifestyle versus the entrepreneur lifestyle and then family. Everybody loves talking about their family, their kids, their husband, their wife, parents, all that good stuff. So can't get me uh, to shut up about my kids. We, so let's not go down that route. <laughs> well, uh, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> you, know? um, you do have kids and you're, you know halfway running success champions you know i can tell and um you also have your own your own business how are you doing that and handling the kids schedules uh what are their ages i would imagine you have a lot of time constraints with that too as well yeah so i have a 10 7 and 5 year old so this is actually the first year i've had all three kids um in school um it's a lot of bringing people in that can, you can do for you what you're not an expert as, mm -hmm. but also creating the systems and processes you need to have in place to re reduce the time you're actually inside of the business to be more out for, face forward. Mm -hmm. So within my website business, I'm integrated probably in the beginning of the project and the launch of the project. The rest of the time, I am passing it in between our contractors to complete mm -hmm. the tasks. 
but I'm doing the strategy at the end and I'm making sure everything, I'm doing the quality checks at the beginning. So a lot of my time on actual, I'm not producing the websites. I have people to go produce and it, it's actually my least right. favorite thing to do. Even when I get a logo project, I will draw the logo out and send it to a production artist and be like, you go build it on the computer. I don't mm -hmm. have time to click away and do that. Um, how Success Champions was integrated was it kind of replaced the kids in a weird way. So. <laughs> like during the day? Yeah. So I used to do toddlers during the day and now it's Success Champions. Um, <laughs> Which is very similar. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, I need to just... update my password. <laughs> <laughs> So it just kind of was a, um, it was an easy transition because I mean, it went from a small family of little kids to a huge family of um, adults running business and business is something that I'm passionate in helping entrepreneurs get to their dreams. Um, and so balancing that now with the family that has actually been a struggle i'm not going to lie i'm mm -hmm. running two businesses in december we got really busy within buzzworks within success champions mm -hmm. um and now we're up against holidays with the, and i don't know how many times i heard my kids say mom you work too much mom you work too much mm -hmm. um and it made me realize that i need to uh block my schedule more and be able to turn my apps off on my phone so yeah. I can be engaged with them when they are home. So I'm still learning, um, but it's it's work in progress. It's them calling me out on it too yeah. and making me realize that, hey, I'm not present. Let's turn this phone off, put it away, and let's go engage with our kids because our kids are only with us for so long before they grow up and move on. And they're also watching us. Um, mm -hmm and they're going to do what we do so if i'm not engaged with them um if i'm always doing work that's how they're going to grow up to be and i don't want my kids to be that there is life outside of work 100 percent. i uh i relate so much to this because i i struggle with it too you know and i love that you said you struggle with it most people just give some kind of schedule and these are the dates and these are the times and this is how i manage it you know and, and don't get me wrong, I'm doing that too. I'm blocking things out too. But every now and then I have to force myself into a commitment that results in me spending time with my kids. Like mm -hmm. the most recent one was I'm coaching my my two sons. They they have a baseball team that they're in that age window where they can both be on the same team, you know? And Very it's cool. also the last, the last age group before they go into like middle school baseball, you know? And so um, it's a key point in their lives where you know, now they're going to go on and, and 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 get coaching from a full time coach versus I won't be even be able to do that other than at home, you know. And so I kind of felt that conviction and 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 became the head coach for their team. But now I have this commitment two nights a week and then on weekends when they have games and nothing comes ahead of that, you know. And so you do you find yourself kind of on the pendulum swinging from family focused to business focused. And, you know, right now I'm on the family focused and it may take me two days to respond to a LinkedIn message or something like that, or to, to get back to someone on an email, you know, whatever the case is. 
and I'm still figuring out, okay, how do I make sure that that email time is blocked, that LinkedIn time is blocked. And it's been, it's been challenging to say the least for sure. It's funny that you bring up that story because this morning we got a text from my youngest son's soccer team saying, Hey, would you like to coach? And so I go to my husband and I'm like, Hey, honey, they need a coach on the five-year-old <laughs> soccer team. You want to do it? And you could see him calculating everything yeah. in his head. And yeah. finally he was like, okay, yes, I'll do it. And so I was like, it's okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. We're, we'll be good. Yeah. There's the calculated decisions. And then there was the one that just pull you out of your chair and you're like, I, I know I have to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> that was his exact word. He was like, I'll figure it out. They're like, okay. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place to, to wrap up with this last question. And uh, it's a question I asked all my guests and the question, well, two part question is um, what do you believe um, what is your definition of legacy and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Legacy that I want to leave behind. We'll start with that one. Um, a sense of community, um, in some way, shape or form, I've always been a part of community, um, before success champions, before family, I had swing dancing and we'd run these events and people need that human connection. Um, so one of my goals is to actually open some sort of family-based center in the future. And I want that to be my legacy kind of to my kids, just a space for families to come and hang out. Um, it keeps morphing as we go. Um, legacy is, for me, is, that's a good question. Legacy for me is leaving something good behind. Um, it doesn't matter if your name is attached to it or not, but leaving it behind for the betterment of human, for the humans and for the young and for the youth to grow up in um, and be inspired by to continue on that legacy for you. I love that because, like you said, it doesn't have to have your name attached. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've seen both, I've heard both extremes, you know, I probably had like 200 plus guests. And so I've obviously heard both extremes and, you know, the one extreme is very name attached and very like, this is our family and this is what we believe. And then the other extreme is like, Hey, we're all going to be dust someday. So I just want to leave things better than I found them. And with some values that transfer through generations, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be my family or the family name. But if somebody is affected by a value of community that Jessica had, then, you know, Jessica's looking down, smiling about that, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a, a good goal to have for sure. I love the community piece of it. It just makes me think, do I want a barbecue community? Do I want a rugby community? Do I want a business community? I have about five, five <laughs> communities that are coming and meshing together in this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I probably need to consolidate a little. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. Well, Jessica, I appreciate you coming on the show. It was a, a great episode. And I love that we were able to tie things to the sales process to, um, you know, another lead source for everybody, as well as, um, you know, some of the strategies that we can use to get those amazing testimonials and everything. So thank you mm-hmm. so much for coming on the show and providing so much value. Yeah, awesome. It was great to be here. Thank you for having me.
All right, let's get building, y'all.